and what is going on everybody out there all of you buttes and beauties this is episode number 101 of hat trick hockey which is always brought to you by our good friends over at gl heritage the official beer of hat trick hockey if you like my little sweater here the merch if you love our merch just go on smash the link in the post here we'll bring you right into our store for all of your sweet hth merch Happy Canada Day weekend, everybody. I hope everybody's having a great time and safe and uh, don't drink and drive and, well, booze it up. Just don't drive. So hopefully everybody's staying safe and having a wonderful weekend. The weather's supposed to be fantastic. So everybody enjoy. Uh, Before I get into a little bit of the hockey talk today, I just want to let everybody know that Hockey Fest is coming to Windsor in August from the 19th to the 21st. You can sign up online at www.hockeyfestgameon.com. If you use the code SPITFIRES, you'll receive $100 off as well. So make sure you check that out. That's going to be huge too. That's linked with like Chicklets Cup and this. It's linked. It's one of the biggest ball hockey tournaments and stuff in the land. So be sure to check that out. Well, first thing, obviously, we crowned a new Stanley Cup champion. The 2022 Stanley Cup champions are the Colorado Avalanche. What a fucking run those guys had. Kale McCarr is, how sick is he? He is disgusting. Won every freaking award imaginable already. The kid's like 22, 23 years old. Um, So congrats to the Colorado Avalanche. Um, So one of the things that kind of stood out to me during that, besides them dropping the cup and putting a big old dent in it before it even left the ice, which by the way, the guy who is the keeper of the cup said that that's probably the quickest that it's ever been dented. So congrats to them on that. Um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me was Nazem Kadri. So he came back, he was hurt. He, he had surgery on his, on his thumb, I believe he came back and played. So he was in for games like four five and six. Um, So apparently when he left Toronto or got traded from Toronto or whatever, that one of the things that was said was he is a, he was a liability in the playoffs. Well, Nazem kind of fired back and he said that anybody that can think that thought, sorry, that he was a liability can kiss his ass. So I'm imagining that that's probably going straight to Kyle Dubas and Brandon Shanahan. I'm going to assume Um, he didn't say directly where it was supposed, but trust like, come on. We all knew, we all knew where that was going. So, and he had a shirt too. He was wearing a shirt and it was them celebrating the overtime goal and had his number of the guys celebrating and everything like that. And it said too many men. So he was kind of trolling them considering what they did last year with the 18 mil over the cap or whatever. So that was kind of a shot back as well. So that was pretty good. Uh, congrats to Gabriel Landeskog. He's been the, he's been the um, captain of the Avs for 10 years now. Just got his first Stanley Cup. The Nate Dog, his first Stanley Cup. EJ, that Johnson, man, what a run that guy had. He was incredible on defense. I think he blocked about 400 shots. So congrats to him. He's a vet, too. He's been in the league a long time. So happy to see him raise the cup. Jared Bednar, the coach of the Colorado Avalanche. What what bad can you – you can't say anything bad about this guy. He is the, I think he's the first coach to ever win in the ECHL, the AHL, and now the NHL. So he's won in all three of those leagues championships. Um, kind of a funny story too. So normally the, uh, so the Stanley cup was being brought to Landis Gog's house. 
And the part that was funny about it is it was sent to his neighbor's house on accident. So I thought that, that was kind of funny. I read that. Um, but I'm going to say on the other side of the fence, hats off to the lightning, two years running, three years straight in the finals. Um, Patty Maroon, three straight Stanley Cups. Corey Perry, I feel for you, buddy. Three times losing in the finals. It just sucks. Tampa Bay, the injuries, they had a broken foot, a mangled finger, um, meniscus injury. They had, they were beat up. So I give them credit. Honestly, I give them credit. They were like right there, right there. They work so hard. That is why they are one of the best teams in the National Hockey League because they fight through all that stuff. Um, Mr. Lalone is now the new Red Wings head coach as he comes on over from the Lightning, speaking of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he comes over. He was an assistant with the Lightning. So he's coming over to the Red Wings. So congrats to him on that. Look forward to seeing him here. He should bring uh, – he's going to bring lots of structure into the team. Uh, he's he's only 49 years old. Like he's a kind, kind of a younger coach. So – Stevie seems to love him. He held out for him and everything. He missed out on a bunch of uh, freaking coaches who got signed and everything. So we'll find out how that goes. So good luck, Mr. Lalone. Also, one thing that kind of bummed me out a little bit was the uh, Hamilton lost in the Memorial Cup final. So they lost. So that sucks. They just came out flat. They just came out flat, and it was just boom, 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 and that was about it. I'm just trying to be quick for you guys. It's kind of weird on here by myself. I'm not going to lie, but it's okay. We'll we'll tough through it together. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury was kind of linked to a team that kind of was a little bit weird to me. Uh, he was linked to New Jersey. So I don't know what the hell is going on there because I think they still have Mackenzie Blackwood, I want to say. I think that's his name. So they still have him, and I know he's pretty good, but they're saying that he also could stay in Minnesota as well. But I imagine with Flower a little bit older now, he's 36, 37 years old now, so I could possibly see him um, staying put. I don't think he's going to sign a crazy long deal, obviously. I think he's just going to keep signing one-year deals, but we'll see. Speaking of trade talk, who could be on the move. Oilers forward Zach Cassian, they're saying, could be on the move as well. If there's a team that you're looking to add a guy that's going to give you some grit and is going to work his bag off and it's not going to cost you too, too much, I think Cassian might be the guy. I would like to see him with the wings, honestly. I'd like to see him with the wings just to look after um, some of these young kids. So it'd be cool to see him there. So we'll have to keep an eye on Zach considering Zach is from Windsor, but he's in the talk. So Kenny Holland's looking at him. So we'll see what happens there. Jim Pappen passed away at 82. So Jim was actually credited for the winning goal. The last time the Leafs won the cup in 1967. So rest in peace to Jim. Kevin Fiala getting paid, getting fucking paid. Kevin Fiala signs a seven-year, $55.13 million deal with the Los Angeles Kings at 7.875 AAV. So he's signing what a long-term ticket there. He's going to be phenomenal for them. I can't wait to see LA. LA's got some old dogs, but I'm telling you, man, those guys can play. Those guys can play. Um, 
Malkin and Latang. So they're saying that they should know about their future before uh, before the July 13th unrestricted free agents when that's when everybody's allowed to talk to other teams and stuff like that. So they're both unsigned right now. And Brian Burke's going to have some work to do. But here's the thing. Here's the part that kind of scares me about Brian Burke is Brian Burke don't give a shit who you are. If he wants to get rid of you, he'll get rid of you. If he doesn't want to sign you, he won't sign you. That's the way he is. I can see him signing these two, but I don't know. It's kind of weird that it's been this close to free agency and those two aren't signed. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. Final note before we go over to our interview today, uh, the 2022 Hall of Fame class, Roberto Luongo, Sedin Brothers, Daniel Alfredson, uh, Rika Salonen, and Herb Carnegie. So congrats goes out to all those guys. I'm sorry if I butchered any of your names. I'm you guys, you guys know on here. I'm not very, uh, not too good with names. So, uh, so that's kind of what we have going on right now. We'll keep an eye on everything else for you. Make sure we keep you guys updated, which we always do. So myself, I'm going to talk to you guys next week. I'm going to flip it over to our interview right now. We have Michael Layton on with us today on the show. Michael, uh, played, like 11 seasons in the show. He, Michael's been around a long time. He was a great goaltender. He played in the Stanley Cup Finals. He is now the current um, uh, goalie coach for the Windsor Spitfires. So everybody enjoy. He was a great interview. Check him out. Enjoy. I'll see you guys next week. Michael Layton. No time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this next cat that we have with us, very special guest. He's uh, he's played OHL for the Spits. He's played AHL. He's played 11 seasons in the NHL with five teams. He's a five-time AHL All-Star. He's won the AHL's best goalie, best save percentage, most shutouts in the AHL as well. He's pretty good. <laughs> you can now actually catch him as the uh goalie coach for the Windsor Spitfires. Let's welcome to the show, Michael Layton. Michael, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, thanks. Quite quite the little intro there for you. That's a, that's a pretty <laughs> impressive resume, man. Yeah, you got to take a couple breaths and pauses on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so how's, how's everything going, man? How's, how's it been since everything has now kind of calmed down now that the run is over and stuff, which I watch you guys every step of the way. What a run it was. Um, all the way to game seven of the finals. I, it was just unbelievable run. I was so bummed out. You guys fell up short there, but uh, what a season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, disappointing that it didn't finish the way we wanted. Uh, but obviously, it, you know, after sitting here for a couple of weeks and thinking about it, it was, it was an amazing experience. Uh, what a team, you know, what we did was pretty spectacular and it's, it's tough to be disappointed after something like that. And, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, it was heartbreaking the last game. We didn't come out and play the way we wanted to. Um, but after a few weeks reflecting, it was definitely a, just, just a great experience and a, an all-around great season for the boys. Mm -hmm. The future is very bright. Let's, let's put it that way. Very yeah. bright. Here yeah. In Windsor. yeah, definitely. If we got a couple of those guys back uh, that we're hoping to get back, then, then next year should be a, another exciting season, hopefully, for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. let's uh let's start with uh with like you though just what made you fall in love with the game of hockey 
Uh, I don't know. Right from when I was three years old, I, I jumped on skates and loved it. And uh, I think I was about eight years old, started, uh, you know, well, I started playing out when I was younger. And then I played net for the first time when I was about eight years old. And I got smoked eight nothing. And I just fell in love. I don't know why. It, for me, it was just more of a challenge, you know, not that playing out was was easy, but uh, I always played up in age group because I have an older brother uh, that I played with. Um, so I just, I, I found it hard and exciting and I got a lot of shots, a lot of action. And I just uh, embraced the position and, and really enjoyed it. So I moved over to goalie and, uh, you know, what, what do I love about it? I, I think it's just the whole competition, <laughs> I guess you could oh, say, you know, like I love competing. I love, you know, you can ask my wife, you know, we go play, play, putt putt or bowling like i'm competing against her i don't <laughs> it's just in my blood. In my blood. yeah i hate to lose I, I i grew up like that any sport i played I, I wanted to be the best and if i wasn't the best i worked my butt off to to get better at it so i can beat people and compete and, that, and that's the way i've been man but to play net though I, like that's a crazy jump man like I always ask guys like, why do you want to play net? Like, don't you realize people shoot the puck at you? Like, I don't, I wouldn't want that. Like some guys to rifle the puck too. And it's I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, I always look at it as it's kind of, uh, it's kind of like the quarterback in football and a pitcher in baseball. Like if, if yeah. they don't play well, your team's not going to win. Right. So it, it is a lot of pressure on you to, to perform and play well. And, and I, I always enjoyed that. And I like being kind of, you know, not the man, but, you know, the game can depend on, on you. If you don't play good, you're going to lose. If you play well, you can be a star, you know, and I, I just enjoyed that. And you're always on the ice too. And always on the ice. You never get to sit down. <laughs> never miss a shift, my friend, when you're a goalie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who was your like favorite goalie growing up? Like, who did you like to watch? Uh, well, I was a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. I don't know if you want to erase uh, that part, but I grew up a uh, fan. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was, when I was little, Alan Bester was my, was my boy. And then Felix Potman, when he came to, to Toronto, mm -hmm. uh, I really followed him and, and wanted to be like him. And then Curtis Joseph was another big guy I loved growing up. So those were the two, uh, two I looked up to for sure. So you being a like Leafs fan, we'll kind of fast forward a bit, even though we'll be coming back, but did you ever get a chance to sign in, in like Toronto when you were? I didn't know. No, unfortunately, I, every time I was kind of a free agent, they already had guys. And, you know, I was always trying to call the GMs and get my agent to, to push that way, but they always had guys. So, uh, you know, same with Detroit. As much as I, again, I don't want to say this on, on the air, but as I much hate, you hate Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> yeah, if you're a Leaf fan, you hate Detroit, right? That's not, yeah. that's not a secret. But, uh, you know, just being in Windsor to be a part of that organization, either to be in Grand Rapids or to be in Detroit would be a perfect scenario for me and my family. So, mm -hmm. Every year I was trying to, to push for Detroit or Grand Rapids. They always had a guy already, so it just never worked out. Mm -hmm. Now, did you grew up like Windsor, LaSalle area, right? I grew up in Sarnia, Ontario. Oh, okay. I, so I was, you grew up in Sarnia. Yeah. So what brought you down like down here? Like when you I played, played for the Spits? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So I was born in Petrolia. I moved to Sarnia when I was four and grew up in Sarnia. And then I played, uh, uh, two years in junior B in Petrolia. And then I was drafted to the Spitz, came here and I met my wife. And when I turned pro, I just bought a house in, in, in Windsor. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, the funny part is, uh, I think it was one of the one of the summer. It was a while back, but I met you, and it was um, I worked at a auto shop. I think it was with the Mister Lube on Walker Road, and you came in one day, and you were in. I think I think you had some sort of SUV, but you came in and you wanted wiper blades, and I'm like. I didn't know why. And I'm like, man, this guy looks so familiar. I couldn't, couldn't figure it out. And then you're like, I asked you which ones you want. I, whatever you picked, whatever ones you wanted. I threw them on for you. And then when you went to pay, I think you handed me your card or your credit card or your bank card or something. And I looked down at the name and I'm like, Oh no shit. Now it all makes sense. Cause now I'm like, <laughs> okay. But my boss was like, could not believe it was you. I'm like, well, man, like at cool, like don't, like, you know, but yeah. So I, I actually met you a long time ago. So it's kind of funny. It all comes kind of full circle. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things when everybody plays in Windsor, we love to ask them about the old barn. So yeah. is there kind of anything crazy that you've seen or anything that kind of sticks out about, uh, about that old barn that just kind of brings back just memories of it? Well, every, obviously I was playing. Right. So I didn't get to experience all the, the yelling and the other stuff at the other end, but mm-hmm. I know the other goalies hated playing there because they're right on top of you screaming over the glass. Um, but you know, I seen popcorn dumped on the other coach and, um, you know, obviously the line brawls that we had there, uh, the Jeff Kugel incident I was there for. Mm-hmm. So obviously that was probably the craziest thing that happened that I, that I seen, but just, uh, it was just a great, great atmosphere you know like for me i like playing in the older rinks um other other teams hated it because it was a crappy rink crappy locker room the fans were all over you which (laughs) for me i I loved it right i just felt comfortable there and that was that was home so i enjoyed it yeah that old barn we actually had uh kugel on with us too he came on with us a while back so he was actually super nice guy oh he's a great guy like awesome guy super friendly guy so he was super cool um so 1999 rolls around that would be your nhl draft year did you know that it was going to be chicago did you interview with other teams or did they or did you just kind of know that it was going to be them no i was i was not middle of the pack but i i was on the draft list i I wasn't sure if i was gonna get picked up uh my draft was i believe in nashville and my agent mike liute uh just kind of said to me he's like you know i i don't think it's a good idea to go to the draft um, you know, he's, he just said, I seen a lot of kids go in the draft and not get picked up and it kind of really breaks their spirit and could ruin your career kind of thing. Right. So just, mm-hmm. you know, stay at home and, and whatever. So I stayed at home and I was just updating the draft and, uh, on my computer and, and saw my name and then I got a call from Chicago. So I never got, you know, I wasn't in the, in the top 10 or 20 that I was getting phone calls from teams or anything. So, uh, you know, just to see my name there was, was pretty cool on the computer. Mm-hmm. So after you get drafted by them so that following season coming up are you in camp with them right away or 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 do they just send you right into the ahl yeah no as soon as i got drafted that was my first camp just go there and you know you're going back to junior you just kind of go there and hang out for for a week but uh you know what an experience i go there there's tony amante and steve sullivan and all these great players you know bob probert theo (laughs) flurry you know like just a just a real cool experience Oh yeah. Well, especially walking in at such a young age too, right? You're walking in, you're seeing like all these veterans that you probably grew up watching. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, Holy crow. 
Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, like one of the things too, that I always like to ask guys is when you go from the AHL into the, or sorry, not AHL, OHL into the pros, like how much different is the like hockey itself? It's, it's very different in the aspect of, I think everyone in the AHL can play, you know what I mean? Like not, not that the OHL is a bad league, but you know, top players in the OHL go to the AHL and they're just average players in the AHL. Right. So, Mm-hmm. For me, I actually enjoyed playing at a higher level because not only do you have guys that are better shooting on you, you also have better defenders. You know, like the NHL, I, I, I found, again, not easier, but I, I liked it because you always had great defense in front of you and they knew what to do. And and as you go to the AHL, you have your top players and a couple other ones are maybe not as strong. So, mm-hmm. um so there's, there's that aspect, but the puck moves a lot faster in pro hockey. And I, and that's, that's what I'm trying to teach a lot of my goalies at a young age um, is just to move fast and get your feet quick. So you're ready to, to move from point A to point B. You're there before the puck gets there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and that's the difference between the, the AHL and the NHL is that when there's a pass across the NHL, it's one timed. It's, it, it's in the net before you even get across a lot of times. AHL they might they might stop it in a quick shot and then the OHL they might stop it dust it off a bit and then shoot so there's that different uh levels of play and skill from the players that you just have to adjust to mm-hmm. where were you when you got your first call up to the show uh I was in Norfolk Virginia I got a call um saying I was flying out the next morning um so I left I went to St. Louis uh, I think I just backed up. I didn't really play. And then the next, I think a little bit later, I got a call. No, that was, yeah, sorry. That was when I, I, I went right to Chicago and I played um, Arizona the next day. So I, you know, called my family, called my my girlfriend at the time and they were all scrambling to get to Chicago and uh, played my first game at a zero zero tie, which is uh, in wow. the record books for first first game and it was also Zach Burke's first uh NHL shutout so it was it was a record of 0-0 tie both of us had our first shutouts and it was my first game so there's a couple little that's little wild little records in there yeah weren't you nervous I was yeah any you know what a lot of the games that I played in even the Stanley Cup finals like you you get there as soon as I step on the ice and I, I you know I'm there for 30 seconds, then I settle in and I, and I'm good. So mm-hmm. same thing with my first NHL game. I got there. I was all nervous. My legs were shaking. National Anthem in Chicago is phenomenal. So how do you not get chills? As soon as the puck drops and, and you know, you might get one shot or, you know, you just kind of get to take a few breaths and settle in and then you just get comfortable after that. Mm-hmm. How nice was it after that first shot and save? It was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, all right, oh, let's, yeah, let's settle in here. Cause imagine that first one goes in, like that's a, kicking the balls right if that first one goes in but i imagine that first save you probably went from here to just down to here like okay let's let's relax everything but zero zero that's incredible dude yeah yeah it was a pretty pretty interesting game obviously uh just the five minute overtime there was no shootout at the time so Mm -hmm. um i think i stopped a a 2-1-0 in overtime so it was it was a great experience obviously i couldn't couldn't have wrote it any better except for getting a win. Obviously, it would have been nice. Was there any 
any guy there that just kind of like brought you under under their wing kind of showed you how to be a pro like with who who was that one guy uh for me it was jocelyn tebow so he was uh you know at the later part of his career and 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 an all-star and uh you know for me being a young guy coming in i kind of just watched him and watched how hard he worked and and his demeanor off the ice and with the media and so he was kind of like my my mentor uh you know he might not think that and if i asked him today he'd probably be like oh i i didn't know but that was a guy i just seen he was very calm and uh confident in his game but um very humble and and nice guy and, and always uh, had time for fans and and just w- was a hard worker on the ice and that's that's the guy i looked up to for sure mm-hmm. was lyle odeline there when you got to chicago yeah yes did you was. ever get caught doing one of those lyle odeline lunches that turns out you go home at like 3 a.m no <laughs> uh, he was he at the end of his career so i was uh he was I think pretty calm near the end. Of the I've day. just heard a bunch of stories where guys are like we go for for like lunch with them, and next thing you know, we're ordering freaking food for dinner, and then it's post dinner bar, and then next thing you know, it's three a.m. and we're going home. Like, yeah, definitely heard stories about them, but you know, I was I was a young guy at the, at the time, so I I, I behaved and mm-hmm. um, like I said, I, I when you're when you're a young guy, well, it might be a little bit different now because there's not as much. Uh, you know, partying and drinking anymore. It's more serious, but yeah. back in the day, yeah. I, I was, I was a young guy, more timid, I guess. And, and just seeing all these older guys, I was, I was scared to make a mistake or scared to do anything. So I was always, you know, always behaved and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, I wanted to do whatever I could to stay there. Right. And not mess yeah. up. Of course. So, yeah. How did you end up in, uh, like philadelphia did you go there on a did you sign in like free agency did you go on a trade like how did you end up there well i signed a two-year deal with carolina uh we went to the semifinals, lost to pittsburgh and then the next year like i bought a house in carolina and everything in raleigh uh the next season uh cam ward played a bunch right in a row and then he ended up getting um he sliced his his leg so he was out for about three weeks and so I got a chance to play in the first game. I, I just played okay. I didn't play great. So they signed uh, Manny Legacy. Okay. He came out of, almost out of retirement. I don't know. He came out of left field. So he he jumped in, and we were both kind of going back and forth. And um, when Ward came back, they just said, okay, we're, we're going to keep Manny, and we're going to send you down or try to trade you. So I hung out with the team for a while. They put me on waivers, and no one picked me up. So my agent, again, Mike Liu, called uh, Philly and said, hey, you know, you got injuries. Mike will come, you know, grab him on waivers. Mike will come and be a good sport. And when it's time to go to the AHL, he'll go to the AHL and play. So Paul Holmgren agreed and picked me up on, on, on waivers. And, you know, I backed up one game, I think, and two game, maybe two games. And then uh, Brian Boucher got hurt. So then I was in and then Ray Emery got hurt. And so I ended up playing – winter classic and I ended up playing almost 20 games straight. Uh, and then I, and then I, uh, had a high ankle sprain just before the playoffs. So that put me out till, till mid second round. Mm-hmm. Winter, winter classic. Where did you play that one at? Yeah. Fenway in Boston. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was an amazing experience that, uh, we lost in overtime. We were winning one, nothing. I think with about three minutes to go. Carrie Fraser, my buddy, my friend called this just absurd tripping penalty. <laughs> they got a power play, they score, tie it, and then they oh. won in overtime. 
Come on, Carrie. Sorry if you're listening, man. Come on. Killing them. <laughs> would have been nice to have a shutout in the Winter Classic, one nothing in Fenway. That would have been a. a that would have been life. awesome. Maybe he was yeah. mad because they made him like throw on a lid and he couldn't have his hair flowing in the wind. He just needed his his fame a little bit. He had to either mess up or do something good. I actually listened to a interview with him not too long ago, and it, I think he was on Missing Curfew. I want to say. And, uh, and he was on there and he's always such a good interview. He always has awesome stories. He's got, yeah, he's, he's been around a while and very nice guy. I actually played, I grew up with his son. So his son grew up in Sarnia and I, uh, oh, okay. I played with him and funny story. So he wasn't around much cause he was obviously reffing and, mm. uh, his son obviously wanted him to be around. And so there, we went to a tournament one time and, and Carrie was, was flying in that morning to watch him play and he had to fly out right after the game. So it was just an in and out and the kid was so pumped. We get to the, the, this tournament, we go to the locker room and he forgot one of his skates. One of his skates wasn't in his, no. his so Terry flew in, sat in the stands, watched his son was on the bench with no skate. Didn't oh. get to see him. They carried to leave after the game. So that's a crazy yeah. story. That yeah, sucks. Oh my yeah, God. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm friends with that whole family. They're a great family, great guy. And, you know, obviously very proud of what, what he accomplished over his career. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. So 2010 rolls around. You guys made that amazing run in the playoffs, which by the way, you were amazing in those playoffs. I watched literally the whole run and, uh, just what's it like for you going into like I I understand the regular season everything's rocking and stuff but when you go into the playoffs those buildings are rocking did that kind yeah. of throw you off or are you able to kind of just block everything out and play no I, I block out that stuff and I I actually enjoy it even like going into Montreal like that was one of my favorite buildings to play in you know like one of the media guys asked me after the game, like, Hey, how, what's it like when you have 20,000 people or the whole crowds yelling your name and chanting your name. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like yeah. <laughs> where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to go? We have 20,000 people yelling your name, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And they're doing it because I was getting a shutout and they're trying to get me off my game. You know what I mean? It's not, they're yelling at me because they sucked. So I, I didn't mind it. I could block out that stuff. If, you know, if a fan's chirping me, I just kind of smile. And if that I want to hear it, yeah, it's, Say, yeah, they're there to watch me play. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the crowds. I, I actually, don't, I didn't mind playing on the road. I, I enjoyed playing in other buildings and, and seeing it and, uh, you know, just seeing the different atmospheres in each rink. Mm -hmm. So we had Chris first on a little while back and he was on the team for the, uh, for the Patrick Kane goal there. I don't yeah. even know how that got in because I seen a photo of it. Your paddles down, everything's down. Like, I don't even know how it got in. Like, it seemed like you had everything blocked off where I don't even like, I'm so confused because he's jumping around and I'm like, no one knew where the puck was. Did you kind of see it go past you or did you thought you had it or Cause I thought you had it. Yeah, no, I, I knew it went underneath me and then I turned around and I seen it stuck under the netting. So, uh, obviously the, the, my first thought, you know, everyone's celebrating, everyone's looking around confused. They look at the refs, they're looking, they're, they're confused. So my first thought was obviously I was upset, but then I'm like, how do I get this puck? How do I get this puck out of this net without anyone finding out? But 
Yeah, and there's receivers everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're skating over to the to you know to the the box to to go upstairs. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way they're gonna. And the ref's digging through the net. He can't find it. So I just went over and I lifted the net up and I kicked it in the corner. Uh, you know, just to kind of act like it was stuck in the you know underneath the net or something, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. Man, yeah, that and was... then there the puck went the puck went missing, and then I hear about that for the next three years about where the, where the puck is, and I'm like, I don't care where the puck is. Like, that's what... Yeah, I don't give a shit. We just lost. I don't care about. I got the people calling me. I, oh, it was it was brutal. Why? But yeah, um, so uh, during that playoffs, me and Jeff Reese were talking about a new uh, style of goaltending uh, when you're on your post and the puck's behind the net, and that is the reverse VH that every goalie does now. So we were just talking about that different move then, you know, seeing if we liked it, we were trying it and we were kind of discussing it a little bit. And, and on that goal, I got caught kind of in between what I would normally do mm -hmm. and that reverse VH. So my pad, actually, if you look at the, the picture, I'm paddled down, but my pad just goes straight down on my knee instead of being on the inside of my pad. Oh, so okay. now, nowadays, I, you know, when Patrick Kane's coming down that wing, I already would have been down in my reverse VH before he even shot the puck. Mm -hmm. So it would have just, hit, it would have just hit my pad. Mm -hmm. But because we didn't know it then, he, when he shot it, I was trying to put my pad down at the same time, but my pad went flat on the ice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause just he like barely got that through. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was obviously for me, it's a terrible goal. Um, but it's, you know, it's the best player in the world right now. You know? Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> if, it, if it was uh, a Ben Eager that did that, then I'd, I'd be obviously more upset. <laughs> Sorry, ben. No, no he's, a, he's a good player. And he, you know, he obviously pulled a, a quick shot on me where I thought he would have, you know, either drove the net or passed it out front. And he just, he, he's a good player, quick hands and, and put it on net as fast mm -hmm. as he could and went in. Of all of the NHL cities that you've been in, played in, wherever, which one was your favorite for like nightlife? Going out with the guys, have have some food, whatever. Which one was the best? I like Nashville, and I, and I got to play there for about six weeks when uh, Thomas Volkun broke his thumb. They they picked me up on waivers, so I was just at a hotel there. Uh, and I'm not even a big country music guy; I, I can care less. But I like I like live music. Um, so just, you know, walking out for lunch and dinners and, you know, you walk by all these places that are just packed with people and, uh, you know, good entertainment, great food. The people were nice. Uh, the fans were good. So, I, you know, low key, I think Nashville is a good city. Beauty. Hey, heart, hardest shot you ever faced? Uh, Sheldon Surrey. Oh, he's got a bomb, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had, I had Chara take some slappers on me. Obviously he's got a hard shot. I played one game against Al McInnes. Oh, um, and he didn't really get a, a real good shot off. He, he shot from, the, I'd say, right at the blue line, like a half clapper. That that was hard. But I played with Surrey in Montreal, and man, it, you know, even in practice, his snapshot, he'd always hit you in the arms, and it, it hurt every time he hit you. So his his yeah his snapshot was was like everyone else's slap shot. That's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. is insane. Did you ever fight? I fought. Uh, I fought someone in the OHL in the playoffs. We had we got in a little brawl. Steve Ott and I, and I uh, kind of started a little thing. Um, and then the AHL, I fought uh, Cam Ward. 
during the lockout season in 04, 05. And then I fought uh, Jimmy Howard in 06, I think, 07. You fought Jimmy Howard? Yeah, yeah. He was down in the AHL and uh, oh, in Grand Rapids. So we were in, uh, in, in Roch. And I don't know what happened. We scored a goal and he wasn't happy about it. So he was bitching to the refs. And then um, Bootland was going after uh, one of our players and it just turned in and we looked at each other and said, all right, let's go. We ice skated down. It's a good fight. I, I, I was going to say, what do you guys do? Just look at each other and just give the wave or something? Like, yeah, like, pretty much. Go just like a hand and put your hands up and say, yep. So <laughs> I actually, uh, Sebastian Caron and, and I, there was a big brawl between us and, and Wilkesbury when I was in Norfolk and huge brawl. And we did the same thing. We looked at each other. We said, all right, let's go. So I, I, we both met at center ice, helmets off, squared off. But everyone else that was fighting stopped fighting to watch us fight. Yeah, of course. Was in Wilkes-Barre, there was like 8,000 people in Wilkes-Barre. Like crazy. <laughs> and the fans are going nuts. And then, you know, we, we squared off and the refs grabbed us before we even touched each other. And it was like, oh, my God. And they still gave me a $100 fine for leaving my crease. So I, I got to, you know, had to pay 100 bucks and didn't even get to fight. So Yeah, at least let me fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how, how, like, everybody, the ice could be going nuts. As soon as the goalies meet up, everybody stops. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> stopped to watch us and the refs were like, Oh, okay. No one's fighting. We can go break these guys up before they even get at it. So, oh, that sucks, <laughs> man. You ever shoot for a goal? Uh, you know, I wasn't a, I could play the puck. Okay. But I was never a great shooter. Um, but I did in the, in the KHL, I went to the KHL my first exhibition game. A guy dumped it in, hit the boards, came right to me, and there was three seconds to go, and I just fired it and went all the way down the ice and hit the post. Oh. So that was that was the only time I really went for it, went for it. So um, close. Yeah. It wasn't worth it for me to do it. I, I could, probably couldn't even raise the puck over over the you know over the blue line enough to, to go over anybody. So <laughs> I, I stayed in my stayed in my lane when it came to, to shooting the puck down the ice. So the last uh, question about playing days, how did you end up in the KHL? Uh, well, I, I finished my season with, uh, with Columbus. So I was in Philly with Brisgoloff and they traded me to Columbus for Steve Mason. Okay. So I finished in Columbus. I was with Bobrovsky there and he was phenomenal. So I went the last, uh, from the trade deadline on, I didn't even play a game. Didn't even get in the net. Um, so I finished that season, my agent was looking for, for stuff and, and, you know, all the NHL teams were like, well, he only played two games this season. That was the lockout year mm-hmm. where we, where we started in January. So I didn't play much that year. And I, I, uh, I sat around and waited and all the offers were just kind of like AHL offers and, uh, Ruslan Fedotenko called me and, and just said, Hey, we, we have a goalie that got hurt and we need a guy and you know, training camp's done and we're, we're starting, you know, in about a week. So are you interested in coming? And so I talked to my agent about it and uh, obviously the money had a big influence on me going over there and, and uh, I went over there in, in, in Ukraine and Donetsk. So pretty Sweet. crazy to think about that now that I was, that I was over there for a year. I know, especially everything going on in the world right now. Yeah, um, crazy. Let's get the life a little bit after hockey. So this job with like Windsor pops up. How did that end up uh, 
coming up to you. So did you get a call from Mark or did you get a call from Bill? Like who ended up uh, kind of reaching out to you about that? <laughs> well, um, there's a uh, Warren Reichel and Bugner okay. uh, have been the owners of Spitfires for a while. And um, they've, they've kind of always told me when, when you're done playing, if you want this job, it's, it's kind of yours. Right. So uh, the last few years I've, I've been thinking about it a little bit. And um, uh, so when I retired, I started my own business, just doing goalie training. And then they just, uh, I, I heard they were kind of let go of the other guy they had and, um, uh, called Billy just to say like, Hey, what's going on? And he said, well, we we're, we're, we are looking for a guy if you want to come meet with me. And so we met and then I met with Mark and just kind of quickly jumped into that position. So did you have to do a whole, like whole, like interview type with it? Or was it just like, Hey, if you want it, the job yours. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a quick interview, just more about like what, what to expect. And I, you know, obviously I retired from hot. I could have kept playing minus my, you know, I kept getting hurt, but mm-hmm. um, you know, my family was at home and I was always traveling around. I didn't see my kids much. So that's one of the main reasons why I retired just to be more at home. Um, you know, so for me to, to retire, to come home. And then if I was a full-time coach with the Spitfires, I would be gone from, you know, 9am till four every day and, you know, road trips gone. And so that, that was kind of like the the talk I had with Billy about how much I'm going to be around. And uh, I still was training other goalies uh, with my business. So um, that was more of the talk about the expectations of, of how much I'm going to be there and what, what was entitled, you know, for, for me and what they were, they wanted from me kind of thing. So. Now you have a goalie Academy, right? Yeah, Leighton Goalie Academy. How long that. have you been doing that for? Uh, about a year and a half now. But I, you know, I, I I've trained goalies ever since I was 15 years old. I worked for um, a guy in Sarnia, Larry Lucas, uh, ran a camp. So I worked camps. I worked for a bunch of other goalie camps and growing up. And um, you know, even when I was playing, I would jump on the ice with some teams here and there and help out. So it's kind of been a passion of mine, and I've I've always been interested in it and, and love doing it. So um, you know, for me, it's been, you know, especially this year, just to see when I jumped in with the Spitfires to see the two goalies just elevate their game and and kind of implement things that we've worked on and talked about. And, um, you know, it's satisfying for me to see them, uh, reach their goals and do well. So that's, that's obviously something I enjoy doing. Yeah. Those guys were awesome. Um, I should send you my niece. She's, she plays Nat. She's like 13 now, I think. And she's doing like really good, like yeah. shout out after shout out. Like she's doing really good. The funny thing with her real quick is, so I was playing league and Harrow and there was a couple guys that I know that coach like, like ladies teams or girls teams. And um, they, they kept talking about this goalie from Essex, this goalie from Essex. And I'm like, what's her name? And they're like, Grace. I'm like, Oh my, that's my niece. And they're like, seriously? Like she, stands on her head i guess so i don't know maybe yeah. i should get a little bit of like info from you and pass that on to her mom or something maybe you can work All with right. her a little bit yeah that sounds good she would love that i know she would so how's that golf the uh, friggin' thing going there you said you're at essex yeah i just joined essex in the last year so um you know i've been actually waiting to to get a, a golf membership i've never wanted to do it just because when you're playing you're gone for eight months of the year you come yeah, home yeah. you're you know you're training you're in and out and then you know with my family and stuff so I, i've, I've kind of held it off um 
but last year I said, you know what, let's do it. So the kids are, the kids are into it, doing the kids programs and oh, uh, nice. yeah. So get them into it. And obviously I'm, I'm enjoying myself with that. Golf's good. You know, golf is a game that I just kind of picked up, but it just, it beats you up mentally. <laughs> like, it's just cause like not every shot goes the way you want it to obviously. And like, I was such a hacker coming into this year, but now I'm like shedding strokes off off my game off my game but i'm trying to do, it's so hard it is it's it's really a game you got to start when you're younger and that's why i got my kids into it but when i was little my parents would drop me off at a, a course with two or three of my buddies and we we had a membership at this course so we'd just run and play you know 18 go have lunch go play another 18 and then they'd pick us up at dark you know like yeah so we just had fun and I, you learn how to play when you're younger and you just kind of go into it i'm not definitely not a professional um but I, you know, I have my good shots and bad shots and just mm-hmm. like everyone else, but I think I'm mentally tough enough to, you know, if I do have a bad shot, I don't compound it with another bad shot. So. <laughs> that takes practice. Man. It's, not, it's not an easy game for sure. Well, we should maybe uh, get out there by the end of the summer and like hack around a, a, a round with me and Rob or something. So, sounds good, man. We can definitely do that. All right, Mike, that's all I got for you, man. Great interview. Um, you are welcome here anytime, my friend, anytime on the show, you're welcome. Good luck with everything that you have going on. I know your plate's pretty full. You're a busy guy. So I just want to say thank you. And uh, we will stay in touch. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you having me on. All right, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I lost my five